Can you imagine a society where every individual and every organization acts and works in a way to reduce the impact of antibiotic resistance? A society where everyone is aware of the problem and engaged in trying to resolve it? How would that look like to you? Hi, I'm Jenny Jagman. And I'm Eva Garmendia. And for this year's World Antimicrobial Awareness Week, we are telling you about Antibiotic Smart Sweden, a project that aims to create a sustainable and antibiotic smart society. Antibiotic Smart Sweden is a mission-oriented innovation environment funded by Vinova, the Swedish innovation agency. When we first heard about this project, we were honestly a little surprised by how ambitious the project seemed and thought it would be nearly impossible to accomplish it. However, we've learned that that is part of mission-oriented work, where the goal isn't necessarily to achieve specific outcomes, but rather to collect many actors and work towards an ambitious collective goal. In this case, That goal is to make working in an antibiotic smart way a natural part of daily life for individual people and organizations across the country. But how do you start something so big? And how do you define being, quote, unquote, antibiotic smart? We talked to project leaders Camilla Bjorn from RISE, Research Institutes of Sweden, and Gunilla Skuk-Stolgrien from the Swedish Public Health Agency to learn how the project came about and its current setup. In a nutshell, they started by reaching out to smaller working groups in different sectors of society with the goal of setting up a series of criteria. In essence, defining how you can work in an antibiotic smart way for each particular organization. But the goal really is not to make a to-do list that must be checked off before one can get a stamp of antibiotic smart approval, but rather to inspire and engage all parts of society so they want to do their part. It all starts with a general process for developing the criteria for each package or sector of society, including at least two dialogue meetings with professionals and experts. They want the criteria to inspire and work for those that will work with them, so gathering the right people for these dialogue meetings is key. Since this project aims to create a sustainable way of working over the long term, the criteria need to be manageable with the time and resources already available to them and not be a burden. Ideally, these changes will become part of the everyday routines. One big challenge when formulating the criteria is the variability across the country for those organizations involved. We learned that even though Sweden might seem like a very structured nation, there are a lot of local differences in organization and management. For example, Sweden has 21 regions that are in charge of the healthcare system and 290 municipalities involved in education, elderly care and management of, for example, wastewaters. To really understand how different organizations might become antibiotic smart, we met with people involved in different packages and got to know more about what stage they're in, the specific criteria established, and some of the particular challenges they might have been facing. One clear target for an antibiotic smart Sweden is schools. We got a chance to talk to Maria Prenting from REACT about this package, including its importance and some main goals in a school setting. To reach the vision of an antibiotic smart Sweden, it will be important to reach the young population and the future change makers. And to do that, schools have a really important role. And it's a way to educate children about antibiotics work, their importance for treating infections, but also then this broader idea of this 
rather than just being a medical problem. It's a broad issue that affects all of society. It's important for sustainable development that we really need functioning antibiotics. Maria and her group worked with, for example, teachers, principals, students, student health services, and pedagogical experts from universities to set up the criteria to pilot, even trying to include some measurable outcomes. These criteria can be grouped into teaching and activities for students, competence development for staff, organization and working methods, and sharing of examples. There was also a need for extra flexibility as well, since they can work not only with different schools, but also with different age groups. Here's more from Maria about teaching students. When it comes to teaching activities for students, we have one criteria that is around using educational materials for those courses where it's explicitly stated you should teach about antibiotics and antibiotic resistance, that teachers are using materials that are giving a really in-depth knowledge of this topic. Schools could also include infections and antibiotic resistance in various activities, for example, a themed health day. Even before Antibiotic Smart Sweden, students and schools have found creative ways to do this. We have examples of schools that have worked with a newspaper or maybe a musical or things like that. However, the goal is also to have AMR included in subjects even where it isn't required to be taught. Grade school biology courses are, of course, important. But to show the breadth of the issue, as well as engage students who don't take higher-level natural sciences courses, AMR can be included in various other classes. Maria gives an interesting example here. There are, for example, really good opportunities within subjects such as home and consumer knowledge, where you talk about preparation of food and sustainability issues in regards to that and health and and so on, where you can easily talk about antibiotic resistance and food animal production, for example, and the use of antibiotics there. Piloting of these criteria has already started in a few schools, and it's going to continue through the spring. Maria tells us a bit about some things they've already learned. Something we've learned actually now quite early on in the project is that some schools are very big, and you have a lot of teachers that are teaching many different topics. So to involve the whole school and every teacher in the school, that's going to take some time. We have a lot of engaged teachers in Sweden that have already worked on this topic before, but making this more sort of systematic will take some time. While the project seems to be coming along nicely, Maria emphasizes a challenge that many of the packages are facing, namely a lack of time and extra resources. There is a lot of interest from many to work on these topics, but it's also one thing of many, many, many different topics that needs to be covered in schools. That is a a big challenge, like how much is feasible to put into one topic. But I think just making people aware that this is a bigger issue than just this medical question and research question is something that's very, very inspiring and fun to work on, but it, it is also difficult. So I think it's about really finding the ways to explain how this relates and that antibiotic resistance is actually a really good example to have for many different topics when you talk about sustainable development or equity or ethics and and these types of things. So how can preschools be antibiotic smart? While starting early with our youngest citizens sounds great, working with preschool-aged children in Sweden between the ages of one and five and the preschools themselves brings the challenge of adapting a pretty complex concept to a more basic level. We got a chance to talk to Karin Karlin at Folkhälsomyndigheten, the Swedish public health agency, about how they've approached the project in this setting. Well, I guess when it comes to preschools, an important part of 
any work against antibiotic resistance is to prevent the spread of infections and to prevent infections by promoting good health and vaccinations. And I guess that's what's in focus for the preschool package. So that's why we call it uh, healthier preschools. And it's not something new for them. They handle these issues every day. So our ambition with this project is to sort of strengthen their work with these issues regarding preventing the spread of infections with good hygiene routines and so on. With this project, Karin and her group have aimed to include, for example, teachers and staff at preschools, as well as infection control and even the children themselves. After discussions with the preschools, child health services, infection control specialists, and others, they came up with these criteria, including some that can be recognized from the grade school package. For example, education activities for children, organization and collaboration, staff education, as well as more focus on hygiene routines, including visible information posted at the preschools, and a staff member responsible for the hygiene practices at the preschool. Some of this won't be new for all preschools, but one goal is to bring in relevant aid, such as infection control specialists, and to make sure these things are a long-term part of the preschool's working methods. In the pandemic, there was a clear need to talk to children about health and infections, including vaccinations and even AMR. And it can be beneficial to inform children about these topics in an age-appropriate, well-planned way that doesn't frighten, but instead interests and engages the kids. To do this, Madeleine Danielsson, also working at the Swedish Public Health Agency, and a team of colleagues has been developing materials initially focusing on vaccination and disease prevention called Folke Asks About Viruses and Bacteria. It's a concept, an information material and conversation support that can be used in dialogue with young children. It's a material that explains in a quite simple way why we sometimes get sick and what we can do to continue to feel well. We found that it could be quite useful in this uh, antibiotic resistance project as it is quite broad. So the material is altogether a film and conversation cards that you hold up and you can work with it one at the time if you want or as a whole story. And there's also a book with the same manuscript And it's translated into Arabic, Somali, and English, and also sign language. I was curious to check out the folky materials myself. So I sat down with my two-year-old daughter, and we watched the video together. Hej, jag heter Folke. Jag har några frågor om virus och bakterier. Nu ska vi hjälpa Folke att svara på frågorna. Om du undrar något, är det alltid bra att fråga. En vår. Vad är det? Vad är virus och bakterier? En orm. Does it look like a snake? Oh, they're so tiny, you can't see them. That is me. Yeah, that's what I work with. She loved it. She also vaccinates the whole family and her stuffed animals regularly now. Several preschools are already piloting these criteria. And the Folke materials are all available on Folkhälsomyndigheten, the Swedish Public Health Agency's website. Some participating preschools have even come with recommendations for additional Folke materials to use in their classrooms. However, it's not just the kids learning about how they get sick. The Public Health Agency is also learning a lot. It's also a learning process for us as an agency to be able to see what is working in the preschools and what is not, and their stories about it. So documenting that and making it able to collect and spread examples for the continuous process is also an, an important objective.
Apart from targeting education through the work with schools and preschools, Antibiotic Smart Sweden also aims at engaging and empowering people working at primary care. This is a sector of society that has already been quite involved in antibiotic-related projects in Sweden, thanks to the Strategic Programme Against Antibiotic Resistance, also known as TRAMA. Strama has been working for nearly 30 years to bring to patients the best treatment for infections in a way that prevents the development of resistance, and it has already a well-established networks of collaborators and involved places. Within the primary care in Sweden, there are already examples of guidelines and best practices that aren't yet used nationally, and Antibiotic Smart Sweden aims to speed up their implementation. We were able to talk to Carl Fridolfsson, coordinator for Strama in the John Shopping region and current criteria leader at Antibiotic Smart Sweden in primary care. We learned from him a little bit about how these criteria will look like and how they relate to the 10-point program against antibiotic resistance already established by Strama. In Sweden, we have this 10-point program that is kind of the base for the work because that's already decided to work on. And then we put criteria out of that. And our criteria today includes diagnostic linked data. So work with the data that we assemble and hygiene routines, compliance for that, and also healthcare hygiene self-checks. So the primary healthcare center works with good hygienic standard. Also, we try to reach out for healthcare-associated infections and participate in education from strama and hygiene and infection control, and also work with the results. If we measure, we must work with the results and put some improvement work to it, because first then we get the value of the whole criteria work is when the primary care works with their own data and, and kind of owns their own data and and see what they can do about it. But as you can imagine, formulating this set of criteria so they fit the resources and capabilities of the different 21 regions in charge of healthcare is not easy fit. Since this part of the project aims at creating the ambition in each primary care center involved, they are working on criteria that provide a feeling of collaboration and improvement at the workplace by analyzing their own data and providing better care based on that data. Carl tells us the challenge that they are facing here. In the big picture, we need to take into account that this package should fit all regions and healthcare centers in Sweden. So all the criteria needs to be wide and inclusive, but still have the aim and the goal for all units to feel both challenged and included. But who in primary care will be involved in this improvement work? Carl comments that, of course, as many people as possible, coming back to this sense of commitment and belonging by working towards a common goal. We want to target the whole workplace, actually. We want to engage the operations manager, the doctors, nurses, nurse assistants, the cleaning staff, and the patients treated at the unit. We think that all the staff needs to be involved in this quality work. Everybody work in the same direction. We also must take time to educate our patients about the AMR situation and the side effects to our own bodies by eating antibiotics. This package has not just started their pilot work, as they are currently assembling the criteria and documenting them well. 
Although they hope to start working with the pilot organizations over the next few months, the work on the project has already shown success by taking the first steps to create a bigger network and involve even more people. I think it's really good because under this project or environment, we can build up a big network through the nation. Well, Strama today is a network, but still maybe we can take advantage of each other even more under a project like this, go under the same flag. Another benefit of this work already done for the package is identifying current knowledge gaps. In this case, one question that came up is regarding healthcare-associated infections. We have had a local work here with the hygiene people here and me from Strama just thinking about how to measure and how to put up to the surface about healthcare-associated infection in primary care. Is there a problem or is there not a problem? How should we measure this? We need to put that up to the surface because if we don't measure it, we don't see that we maybe have a problem. Like for this primary care package, Antibiotics Smart Sweden is working on a set of criteria to be applied in the hospital setting, also following on already established work from Strama. These criteria will develop around organization, working methods, measurement and feedback, and skills development in the areas of antibiotic prescription, antibiotic use, and healthcare-associated infections. One package that has been quite developed already is the one focusing on involving elderly long-term care facilities to become more antibiotic smart. Inga Setterqvist, criteria leader for the Elderly Care Work Package, tells us why this sector of society is so important to have on board on this project. We need to work with especially infection prevention control at elderly care because we have people who are very vulnerable and can have a lot of diseases. They have a lot of diseases, so they can get more diseases. And... uh, It's a patient safety question. In this work, most of the criteria have to do with infection prevention and control and less about antibiotic treatment directly. The first set of criteria is currently being piloted in nine long-term care facilities and counts with 16 criteria that, as with the criteria being developed for primary care, aim at simulating a systematic improvement work where the facilities measure, analyze, and improve little by little. Inga tells us more details about these criteria. We have four headlines. We have measurement and have some criteria under this headline. For example, we want the long-term care facility to participate in a national measurement of healthcare-associated infections and risk factors and antibiotic use. And then we also want an organization and collaboration We want an organization to support this way of working and we want them to have a focal point at the long-term care facilities to support the implementation and follow up uh, the infection prevention control related activities. And then we also have a headline about skills development and dissemination of experiences and yearly training for all staff in basic hygiene routines and other infection prevention control activities. And then we have another headline about working methods. It's about implement a work plan 
based on the measurements of healthcare-associated infections and risk factors and antibiotic use, but also basic hygiene routines. With all these criteria, we want to stimulate this systematic improvement in the area of antibiotics and infection prevention control. So we want them to measure, and then we want them to analyze the measurement, and then we want them to act. We want them to do some improvements. Like before, this package also presented some challenges in the variability among the care facilities, which can have different managements, culture, assignments, and even different legal spaces. So of course, all this needs to be taken in account when the criteria are being developed and proposed. One other part of society that has been included so far is the wastewater treatment plants. As I got a chance to talk with Elin Kusowski and Elin Flodin from RISE, I got to understand more about the One Health aspect of this project, what this package has been doing so far, and a better understanding of the difficulties of working with wastewater. Unlike some other packages, these criteria are a bit more concrete, on the request from people working at the plants themselves. For meetings with several stakeholders, including people from wastewater treatment plants themselves, the Swedish Water Association, the Swedish Environmental Research Institute, Gothenburg University, and more, Jelen can tell us a bit more about the general groups of criteria, as well as a few examples. So we have criteria regarding four areas. So organization and collaboration, measurement, operating principles, and creating knowledge. So in the organization and collaboration, it's a lot about having meetings where both the wastewater treatment plants can meet with schools, and um, hospitals and create a dialogue. And then at measurements, we have that they should measure some specific antibiotic substances Mm -hmm. in incoming and outgoing water and also bacteria in the outgoing water. Water coming into these plants can carry antibiotic residues as well as antibiotic-resistant bacteria. And it's easy to believe that this can be magically cleaned away. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily the case. And I learned that explaining what wastewater treatment plants can and cannot do is an important part of this package. Instead, we should maybe think more holistically about how we can reduce residues and bacteria, especially resistant pathogenic bacteria, going into wastewater systems. So basically, sitting at treatment plants, you're used to... You're at the end of pipe. (laughs) Yeah, you're at the end of pipe, and you're used to people (laughs) pointing at you and just fix this problem. And you're like, well, it's everyone's problem. I can't fix it down here. We all need to contribute. I can do my part, but we all need to contribute to fix this. Uh, I mean, not all wastewater does get to the wastewater treatment plant. Most of it does. And that's where we're very, very grateful for. So focusing only at the treatment plant will never, never, ever solve the whole problem. For now, there's an active pilot going on and even a meeting with the piloting wastewater treatment plants shortly after our interview. Here, they're even going to be invited guest lectures to help provide more information on AMR to the involved plants, an initiative that was positively received by those involved from the plants. While there's a lot of engagement, there are also, unfortunately, some quite familiar difficulties. So the only issue is that they have a lot of issues they need to work with that are important in their own ways and or equally important. So they have limited time, but they really have the will to do this and are very engaged. There's also an ongoing challenge to figure out how to report and provide the collected data in a way that doesn't burden the plants in the long term, but still allows for knowledge creation and sharing. 
the long site issue that we've actually been facing a lot is how to report. Mm. I mean, the reporting period in Sweden when working as an environmental engineer at the wastewater treatment plant is very hectic. So adding yet another system to the amount of systems where you're supposed to put in your numbers could be an issue. So that's something we've discussed a lot. But one remaining question after exploring all these work packages and sectors of society is, can we somehow go higher and involve the whole political management level in Sweden in this antibiotic smart effort? Getting the regions and municipalities themselves into this work is key to show the support of the groundwork underneath. And it will mean that the political level think this is something worth putting time and effort. We were happy to learn that Antibiotic Smart Sweden also has a work package directly targeting the 21 regions and 290 municipalities at the management level. And actually four regions and three municipalities are already working partners. Although the criteria for this work are not yet fully defined, Inga tells us what they will be focusing on. It's about the decision, the political decision level, and how they can support the hospitals, the primary care school, preschool, and so on, working with this issue about antibiotic and infection prevention control. What kind of support do they need? We want to get it into the decision wheel. We want it to be a political decision that they want to work with Antibiotic Smart and we want them to give feedback. We want them to see how they work with Antibiotic Smart. We want it to be systematic and therefore we try to get it into the year wheel with decision and feedback. It can be about having some campaign to spread information about how they can prevent infections and how they can think about antibiotic resistance. The process of developing the criteria in this work package has to overcome, perhaps more than any other package before, the big differences between municipalities and regions all across Sweden. These criteria must fit well the different administrative and political management groups. We have dialogue meetings with both professionals and experts from different kind of areas, from the academy and agencies and the municipalities and the regions, when we create and develop the criteria. So we can have, we can listen to a lot of different kind of perspectives to understand the context. So far, some municipalities and regions involved in other packages will start piloting defined criteria for the management right around Christmas. Hopefully in the future we can see all those 290 municipalities involved in this work, reaching to all the corners in Sweden. In addition to all of these packages, one ambitious described aim of Antibiotic Smart Sweden has also been to include multiple international collaborations. For now, however, the main goal is to take in experiences from other countries and share the gained experiences with other countries. For example, with contributions from React. 
I'm sure there'll be interest from other countries. Maybe we can even have an antibiotic smart world? We hope we've been able to show you how interesting and forward-thinking antibiotic smart Sweden is, but there's one point in particular that we want to emphasize. This work doesn't have an end in mind. While initiating this mission-oriented innovation environment is a project that requires a lot of work from driven individuals, us calling Antibiotic Smart Sweden a project in and of itself doesn't really fit right, since it aims to be sustainable over the long term and isn't time-limited. The goal is to achieve a change in behaviors and intentions through collecting experts around a mutual goal, reaching out and inspiring new actors, testing creative new working methods, as well as implementing those that seem to work well, in a sustainable, innovative environment. We wish them the best of luck with this work. If you want to watch, learn, and experience more about Antibiotic Smart Sweden, you can access their website via our show notes. There you can hear directly from Gunilla and Camilla about Antibiotic Smart Sweden or find their contact information should you want to reach out. You can also access all the folky material via the show notes. We thank all the people whose time has been invaluable in bringing you this special podcast episode, namely Sherstin Stewart, Camilla Bjorn, Gunilla Skug Stolgrian, Karin Karlin, Madeleine Danielson, Ellen Flutin, Ellen Kusowski, Maria Prantin, Carl Fridolson, Inga Setterqvist, and Jakob Rukavina. For more information about the Uppsala Antibiotic Center, please visit our website. You can find a link in the episode notes. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is UAC underscore UU. This episode was brought to you by the AMR Studios, composed by Eva Garmendia, Jenny Jackman, and Po Chen Tang. And a big thank you to Henrik Nis for letting us use his song, Sound the Alarm.